0: Catch a pitch from the Carlton Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Dane Walker here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Henderson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans.
0: It's Roy Sloane here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Matthew Orr, Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Five from the Fremantle Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: You are a handful of rounds down into your fantasy football season, and there is plenty of stuff to discuss as we enter into a very quick break between round five and round six. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel, and as we chat through all the big trade strategy podcasts and plans you need to make heading into round six, I'm assembling a number of members of the panel to help you this week. I've got Jimmy in the studio. Hello, mate. How are you?
2: Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners.
1: Uh, And uh, Ridley United. Hello, buddy. Good evening. And uh, look, lads, there's plenty of stuff to discuss. There's some... Patreon questions I want to get to. If you want to join our Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel. But really, I think everything kind of comes down to this week. Again, a very shortened week for AFL fantasy coaches. It's of greatest notice in terms of you are fully locked out once the Friday games. You do get two partial lockouts for everybody else. I suppose before we talk about the main things this week is just you, this is the week that could really trip people up couldn't it jimmy in terms of getting the right players on ground, getting the emergency, your trade plans. W- when you've got Richmond players and Melbourne players getting locked out in a handful of hours, potentially, then Collingwood and Essendon players getting locked out for you along the way. This could be the week that people get tripped up going, oh, I was going to trade in Lockhart, you yeah. know, for some for a Dersmer or something. I'm not saying you should do that trade, by the way. But hmm. you, you're like, oh, I forgot to do it. And it's the week that could trip people up, isn't it?
2: Uh, it is. And, and I think part of the, the trick with that is just trying to plan out what those trades are going to be well ahead of schedule yeah. and making a note. And um, I know about anyone else, but I put a little reminder in my phone, make sure you make the damn trade <laughs> before uh, a particular time each week, just so that I do get um, the, the time to do that. Um, and, and it's another thing with um and, and with ultimate footy, the same sort of deal applies. You know, usually you've got the, the Friday night game and, and most leagues will have that uh, partial lockout coming up into the Saturday. But uh yeah. This week, again, you've got uh, a number of games before that first game on Saturday. And so a lot of players that you might have the chance to loophole or might be uh, locked out or or locked onto your field whether you want them or not.
1: Yeah, maybe that's something we'll certainly be checking out with our Coel Kings, the previous winners of the Nobel Coel over at CoachesPanel.tv later in the week. You'll be able to go and check out who they're considering as vice-captaincy and captain options this week across the formats. Um, And speaking of CoachesPanel.tv, if you head on over there, you can check out the break-evens for all of the salary cap formats of the game for those that have the lowest break-evens. And and lads, I want to start at that point in time for our podcast, and maybe we'll start with you, Rids, and especially I know every format is different break-evens, different strategies, and different players But we that we should be targeting. Um, as we enter into this round, again, probably one of the shortest turnarounds um, that we've ever seen in, from lockout to you know, lockout, um, who are some of the players that are cash cows that we should seriously be considering bringing in this week? Again, knowing that someone like... A Marty Hall or a Jay Lockhart, they're getting locked out early in the week and could determine our decisions. Who are some guys we should be considering this week as potential cash cows to
0: bring in? Okay, so first up, if you traded out Marty Hall, give yourself an uppercut. Okay, okay. is That's he worth bringing thing. back in? Oh, of course he is. Okay, so you've got to you've got to ride those big scores, but. Again, if you traded him out, learn the lesson. We'll talk about it later. Sure. Okay. Okay, so next thing, um, we're going to look at Supercoach first. So I reckon there's only two options this week in Supercoach. Two and a half, let's say. Okay. Okay. So I think the first option, okay, is going to be Baker from Richmond, and the second option will be Lockhart. Now, the half an option is probably Jackson Hately, whether he's, you bring him in a little bit earlier, sure. not if you're going to target someone next week. So let's say, hypothetically, um, Swans are playing GWF. You're looking at one of the two big defenders. You think Hewitt's going to tag Whitfield, and you think the ball's going to go to Lloyd, so you want to hold off a week. Um, perfect example, okay? So you jump on to Haightley, leave yourself an opportunity to go one of those guys with your second trade next mm-hmm. week. Okay, in... Dream Team, I think there's only two options this week. That's Lockhart and Jackson Ross. Mm-hmm. In so, AFL so Fantasy, what, before you get there, I think why,
1: why Ross in Dream Team but not in Supercoach?
0: Okay, because he's breaking, he's possession. He can actually, he's, he finds the ball, his pressure's great. He just isn't that effective. Sure. Right by foot and hand, okay. So he's actually marked down less with scoring in Supercoach than he is in Dream Team. So that means he's got a much bigger break even in Dream Team. I think it's like minus 82 or something, isn't it, from memory? Whereas over in Supercoach, it might be minus 50 or something.
1: Yeah, minus 76. So so where's the difference then between, uh, again, I know you want to talk about AFL Fantasy in a moment, and you've kind of alluded to Will Hayes being the option there, but someone like a Lockhart, who you talk about, has got a break even of negative 30 in Supercoach. Ross yep. has got a break even of negative 76 And there's about 15 grand difference. What, for you, is the clincher to say Lockhart's a greater priority as opposed to a Ross this week in Superco?
0: So I'm just going to throw the question straight back at you. What do we look for in a rookie? We look for scoring potential, and we look for what's the other thing? Job security. Thank you. So Lockhart, A.K. was signed late. He came pretty much straight in the first game when he was available. He had a couple of games. He went out injured. As soon as he's been available again, he's come straight back into that team. Mm. So I think his job security is through the roof.
1: Nice. Okay, that's fair enough too. And then AFL Fantasy, I kind of cut you off there, but Will Hayes seems to be, was he your number one trade-in priority?
0: Yeah, I think he is this week. I mean, he's under 200,000. He's in the midfield. We've got a couple of real nice um, DPP additions with Gibbons and Atkins and Sack. So we should be able to go a forward or a defender with the rookies that have been maxed out a little bit to a Hayes and actually make a proper upgrade with the second trade this week.
1: I'm curious when we're talking about AFL fantasy again, a a, a lot of coaches probably own um, a a Sydney stack. Uh, He's quite a highly owned player, so he's probably getting released into the back line for coaches this week, picking up that defensive status. Gibbons is another that, Coaches may have already jumped off him, Um, unfortunately, not just in AFL fantasy. Dream team and super coach is where it's probably going to hurt you that little bit more with that break even. But if it was that 50-50 trade-in for you this week, Rids, when it's looking at guys in fantasy of Baker, um, Lockhart and Gibbons, if you were looking to go a second cash cow and you already nailed Hoare and Ross and you'd already decided Hayes was an in, which of those three guys are you going to know? It's, they're all different positions and different prices and things like that. But if you had to rank it between Baker, Lockhart, and Gibbons, which of the three guys are you looking towards as likely trade-ins?
0: Well, Gibbons, Lockhart, and then Baker in that order. Okay. So Gibbons has got the massive job security. We started to see him move into the midfield slightly more. We always thought this, didn't we? Earlier on in mm. the year, we were like, don't panic with him. Don't panic. Like, The whole idea of Gibbons is when he's down that one level lower, he's a midfielder. He's a pure mid. He won the BFL last year as a pure mid. He's got that awful forward pressure pocket role that we hate as fantasy owners. But we always knew he had an extra string to his bow that he could push up the ground and he could actually play midfield. So we've seen that now. We've seen him play that half forward role moving up. And we've seen him hit centre bounces now. Like, I think there was four attendances on the weekend. Yeah. Now, moving forward, I think he's going to play more and more as the Carlton mids get more and more tied because they're still kids.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. They don't have the Gibbs. They don't have those sort of older players anymore to go through those positions. Murphy's out on a wing. They've got um, Poteskri-Seaton playing through the midfield. They've got um, Powell. forward. yeah. Um, Fisher. they've got all those sort of guys, okay, playing in the midfield. They're still kids, so they're going to get tied. So Gibbons is going to be required to go through the midfield at times. I think he's now won that role. He's won the confidence now.
2: Yeah, no, it's fair yeah. enough. And
0: Setterfield
2: I've seen a couple uh, link of bow between Setterfield being out and Gibbons getting that opportunity now. But I think, um, as you said, that's going to be more likely is to keep going forward now that he's starting to show he's he's actually halfway decent at it.
0: Well, I don't think Setterfield's set the world on fire anyway, has he? Mm. No, not at all. So, I mean, the only reason why I would be a little bit worried is if a Matthew Kennedy came back into the team, where he's actually a pure mid. Whereas a Setterfield plays like... He can play a taller, half-back, half-forward type position. Yeah, he's very versatile. Sort of. Yeah, and he, then he's also been a tagger as well. We've seen him go to Rockcliffe a few weeks ago. You know, so he's been one of those versatile types. So, I mean, but I mean, he hasn't set the world on fire playing any particular role yet. So he hasn't actually locked down a role, whereas Gibbons, I think, you know, what is he, mid-20s, mid to low-20s, more mature? He's already been through those pre-seasons at BFL level, which are pretty decent, and mm. he's actually built these fitness up now
1: to be AFL standards yeah no it's it's very true so so i guess then if those are the targets um to kind of look at for for this week to trade in jimmy mm. we did get we spoke we sat here this time last week going Gosh, it feels like the cupboard's bare with cash cows. There were guys, we we knew that they were going to get games at some point in time, Mm. and it just so happened that guys like a Will Hayes got his opportunity and and certainly did more than enough, I would suspect, from a Bulldogs perspective, while not being in the inner sanctum of the Bulldogs, to think... You know, yeah, they were disappointing on the weekend, but it's not his fault. Um, he he certainly played his part in that. Then you look at guys like Jackson Hatley, mm. um, who probably was likely for round one if it weren't for some tonsillitis that knocked him out of the game. And now Callum Ward's out for you. You'd think he's going to get every opportunity through the midfield. They're just two of the cash cows we got on debut last week. Yeah, how do we start to look at them for? Maybe more for Dream Team and Super Coach because mm-hmm. Rids has talked about Hayes probably being the number one target this week in AFL Fantasy. How do we start to forward proof these guys and go? Okay, is is one more a viable option in another format? Are they all viable in every format? How do we look at these guys that are on the bubble? Not this week, but next week.
2: Yeah, and and that is the trick that both of those two look like they are going to be to potentially two of our better cows coming up in mm. the, the near future, and they're both on the bubble at the same time, and so. We've got to sit here now with uh, you know, a very, very short break between rounds and yeah. decide, are we going to go early on one of these two guys this week? Um, are we going to take a double downgrade to get both of them next week? Yeah. Or are we going to let one slide or pay a premium for him a little later on? Mm. Um, so if you're thinking that you're going to need both, um, yeah, that that's a decision you need to make really quickly now.
1: And, and because, and and I'll get some of your thoughts on this, Rids, in a moment, because we'll talk about it in just a moment, there are some premiums that are really, yeah. if it's not this week, it's probably next week mm-hmm. that are going to pretty much get really close to hitting to that there or thereabouts of their basement. Guys like a Rory Laird yep. is probably, while he's probably not that big 105 defender anymore, he's primed for the picking. A Jackson McRae in the next one to two weeks if you don't have him. Mm-hmm. Due to that lower score last week, He's not too far away from getting, even a Patrick Cripps, you know, even though he amassed billions of possessions last week with that low ton in super coach, Mm -hmm. he's, you know just because of the high pricing of him there. Angus Brayshaw, you know, has been a little bit quiet the past fortnight. Clayton Oliver as well. Clayton Oliver, again, we'll talk about whether they're the right targets in a second.
2: Franklin in Supercoach is another who's going to be very cheap, very soon. Yeah,
1: Managola. Again, not saying these are the guys you should be going for, because we'll get to that in a moment. No, but
2: they're worth looking at. uh,
1: Ritz, how do you juggle that priority when you know there's premiums you want to get How do you choose to identify, and again, I know it's a planning conversation, but how do you identify that conversation of, okay, there are cows on the bubble this week that I want to get, you've identified a couple of good ones, there's some guys that have already made money that we probably want to get like a Marty Hoare, and yet in a week or two's time, there's another bunch of them. How do you make that priority of choice and not just do downgrade, downgrade, downgrade constantly?
0: Well, the thing is, okay, I think we're going to have to do downgrade, downgrade constantly over the next two weeks. Because... I hate to say it, but we were right last week. The cupboard is bare. Mm. Unfortunately, they've all come at the same time again. So it's absolutely painful for all of us at the moment because, as Jimmy was saying, you know, with a day's break, we're going to have to decide, especially with the Lockhart and the Ross and um, the young fella up forward, Baker, who are playing tomorrow night. (laughs) We've got to decide whether we're grabbing them or not, not even knowing the rest of the teams for the weekend.
1: Yeah, that, that's a really concerning so, thing for coaches, isn't it? Going yeah. okay, I'm going to get in AFL fantasy. Let's run that in that scenario. Going oh, okay, I'm going to trade in Will Baker this week, but I'm also going to trade in a, another player. Maybe you're trading out somebody. You're you're going in blind in this week with your trade. Yeah. It's it's dangerous.
2: It, it is, and and the thing with that too is not you're going in blind, but you're also going in blind on which rookie you should be trading out to get it as well. And I know mm. we we're going to talk a little about that in a minute, but um. But if you're looking at um, a number of cows that you've got that are there or thereabouts at the point, let's say where you Jordan think, Clark. Let's yeah. use a name. Yeah. Well, well let's use Clark and Dersma. Sure. Um, let, you know, between the two, we're not going to know whether they're named or not at the time that you need to trade in lockout. Yeah. Sure. So if you're looking at lockout and going, "Yep, I want him in my back line. I'm going to cut one of these kids to get him," you, every chance that you could cut Clark and then Dersma's not named, or if you yeah, cut he gets a Clark's yeah. not named. Yeah you're not going to know which one, which makes it a hard thing to decide about bringing that kid in without knowing which mm. kid to trade out. So, Ritz, yep. so um,
0: how do we... So, go, keep I was going. actually going to say something else as well. Um, the other thing on top of all that, okay, is I don't think the midfield rookies have actually fattened enough. Like A lot of them have still got a lot of growth left. Uh, no, so, that's right. So guys like Gibbons okay, came out and had an absolute blinder on the weekend. Atkins has had two in a row now, okay? mm. a very popular mint We had Constable, who um, was like rested last week, and he's still got another 100000 plus to make. Yep. We've got Walsh, who's still minus one, minus two break-evens across yeah. the formats, and he's 500 plus in some of them. Y- you're running him like, to the
1: buy, aren't you, just quietly? Oh.
0: It's going to be hard not to, isn't it? Yeah. Like I mean, I know people are going to say, oh, well, he's a perfect Mate candidate. I don't think he is because, like, the whole idea is, like, the rookies will slow at some point. So you go and jump on, like, a Gaff or a whoever, McRae or whatever for 100000 at yeah. the end of it. Yeah, that's it's awesome. It's been an amazing run. Like, yeah. I mean, like, but that's what we were saying earlier on in the preseason. Like, I mean... The history said the number one draft pick's never made a hell of a lot of money. This guy's actually defied all odds and done it, absolutely. which has been absolutely amazing. But you can't get stubborn or anything. You've got to jump on them as soon as you realise that, mm. hey, this guy might be the real deal. Yeah, And you've got to jump on these guys. I know um, even though I was saying in the preseason like I wasn't going to start him, he's in all of my teams at the moment. Mm. So, But again, who do we cull for a Hately next week?
1: Well, that's the thing. You know, you start looking at guys through the midfield, and again, every format has a different strategy, and I know, you know, Haitley's probably most Supercoach-relevant of the other formats. Not to say you shouldn't go for him in other formats, but Supercoach is certainly the format he's scored the best so far. But then the guys people may be considering is a Zach Butters and a Bailey Scott, but even though they might have vaguely achievable break-evens. We've seen what Gibbons does with the right role, and both those guys have scored well, or equally, have they may even made enough money to make it worth the trade?
0: Well, Bailey Scott, what is he, 200,000? Not even, he hasn't even hit 200,000. Only he's in AFL Fantasy, coach, yeah. Radio, And he's got a break-even of 11, so he's only 100 off going through the roof and making another 140,000.
1: And we saw from round one he's capable of doing scores just like that.
0: Yeah, correct. So you've got to actually really determine the guy who's coming out, okay, how much money they've still got left in them and whether that actual trade is worth it because you're going to, in essence, be making two trades. So I want to go Scott to Hately, mm. but then I want to go Hately down or Hately up, depending, okay, what yeah. happens. So I'm actually using two trades there instead of the one trade. Now, if is only going to make 150000 and let's say Scott's still got sixty or seventy thousand. He might be a s- slow burner, sure. But let's say he's still got seventy thousand to make. And Hately makes two hundred. Yeah, you're making two trades for the sake of seventy thousand, like one extra trade for seventy thousand dollars. Like, yeah. is that worth it? No. Like, so no. that's where we start really, really getting stuck, you know.
1: And again, as you talked about earlier, both at the start of round one and again now we exit out of round five entering into round six, we don't just get one or two cash cows drip fed to us, which is the ideals for us as fantasy coaches. We just get this big bulk dump of cash cows and we have to pick and choose between them and maybe jump that week early on the Hayes and the Haightleys to then be able to correctly get the premium we want at the price we want or to get both the cash cows that we need to. It's it's a fascinating dilemma, Jimmy. And mm. really, I know we talk about the buy rounds as being the moving period during the year, but because of the interesting situation we find ourselves as fantasy coaches, this period of time too also becomes a real interesting moving time with premiums and guys generating cash to go get some underpriced or really well-performing premiums mm. and also these cash cows. We could get a moving period early in the
2: year. Oh, absolutely. And as Ritz has pointed out a number of times, there's not a huge amount of points separating the, the pack at the top of the leaderboard mm. at the minute. And so you're having a, a good week or a good couple of weeks now where you can get a, a score, you know, one or 200 points more than you might have over the last few weeks can sure. m- jump you a huge distance in the rankings. Yeah, well, we're seeing,
1: you know, if, if hypothetically Rids has talked about it this week, someone like a, a Lockie Wickfield, who a lot of the top couple of thousand coaches are, are owners, a very popular option through there. Yep. If he gets tagged and goes 50 and you don't have him just yet, and you're unique of a Hearn or a Crisp yep. absolutely fires out of the gate, you're seeing, yes, you've lost the 100 points, 200 points maybe over the past couple of weeks by not having him, mm-hmm. you could make up half of that in one
2: round. Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah, and at the other end of the line, too, if someone like a, a Boke or a Heaney has a an off week again mm. this week, and, uh, and you trade in, I don't know, Taberna, sure, who goes 120 for the, what, fourth time this year, yeah, that would be? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, again, gives you a huge chance to, to make up some of that ground on, on everyone else. It certainly is. Um, is there any other stuff, before we pivot away and start looking, and, and again,
1: different formats have different players that we should be targeting, is there anything else before we move away that either of you guys want to make sure up for our podcast listeners they capture a hold of, identifying, trading, and looking at these cash cows, both for this week and beyond?
0: So just for me, okay, I think it's got to be your best mix in your team and to keep the buy rounds into play. Now, don't focus on the buy rounds, but just look at the buy rounds, okay? You don't want seven or eight cash cows with round, you know, 12 buy. Yeah. Otherwise, what's happened in the case, you can't upgrade or downgrade them through the buys. Now, the other thing I just wanted to highlight was, I mean, I know that I just said the cupboard is bare after next week with the cash cow. Sure. Like we we really just cannot determine where they're coming from. So we know there's a Nick Hine floating around somewhere. We know there's a Josh Corbett. We know Tom North over at Fremantle somewhere.
2: Buley as in well. In the picture.
0: Yeah. Buley yeah. potentially. Sparrow but will
2: get on the bubble again at some point. Yeah. Nash at will come some through. point in
0: time. Yep. Collier Dawkins but is the there. But the thing is... Between now and the buy rounds, we just don't know whether they're going to be here or not, you know? Because we're already at round five or six, like, and it's like we've only had two spurts of them, you know what I mean? Like, we've had a massive spurt at the start with the Geelong and Port Adelaide guys, and now we've had this massive, like, three or four, five, six appearing, you know, over the course of two weeks. I don't know whether we're going to have a gap in between and go again over the buys or not. I just, it's hard to predict.
1: Well, and I think that's the point isn't it It is every year you can certainly see trends and identify guys that we did a massive article for our Patreons you know a 50 page document for our Patreons kind of looking through all the cash cows throughout the preseason and and their job security their roles and potential scoring and, and you can go and get that as a Patreon member and check that out but you're right you just can't predict when guys are going to come when they're going to go when injuries are going to hit when sides you know someone like a Liam Baker for example and there's some questions I want Talk about Baker, Stack, and Ross. Um, all of those three guys, have we know they're talented kids, but no one probably would have predicted they'd be playing two, three games this earlier in the year. But a couple of injuries to some key Tigers open up these opportunities. That's going to happen to other sides too throughout the year where injuries are going to come, kids are going to get opportunities, and talented players, which all three of those are, take them and go... Absolutely, I'm going to run with it. On the topic of those three, by the way, um, the Tigers do have a couple of guys coming back, Jimmy, over the next couple of weeks. Koch yes. is a little bit more delayed than he and the club would want him to be.
3: Yeah.
1: But what do you think of those three guys? They've all been named again this mm-hmm. week. What's the long-term, and I mean four to five weeks long-term, Yeah. Um, security of each of those three guys? guys, I know how long's a piece of string is really oh, the real yeah. question there, but uh, are they doing enough yep. that you as a Tigers fan, objectively, of course, um, <laughs> so you're not <laughs> talking I, about Tom... Ever? Well, we're not talking Tom Lynch, so it's going to be fine. Um,
2: uh, you know, can you see them being around in round 10 in the side still? Oh, look, they could be. Um, they might be out for a week or two in between those. Sure. The other thing too, um, and yeah, the the Tigers do have a, a number of players to come back in and so that in itself has to put a bit of a question mark on that job security, you know. The reason they got that opportunity is because of injury and suspension to key players. Yep. So if they come back, someone has to give way for it, and often it will be uh you know, most recent in as the first one to come out again. Mm. But if um if they're playing their role and doing well, then you know, it might be a someone else that that gets the axe instead, but it's it's very, very hard to predict, I think, at this point. Um the other yep. thing, um, especially with the 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 Tigers we need to mm. keep in mind is that those kids now have played a game only a couple of days ago and they play another game yeah, you know, with four only a four day break. Four day break. And they're kids. Um there's every chance and especially the way that um you know a ross you know gets a bruise with every possession yeah and, um stack's not far far off that as well are they going to be able to back up that again next week or are they going to be given that chance to have a rest then if mm. there's someone to come back in and take their place that's the the question mark there and um you know and as we we're reeling off rookie names before you mm. know again we've got nash coming up you know pushing hard from the twos yeah. you know collier dawkins is another highly rated kid that um yeah, you know, we'll get an opportunity at some point, mm. um, and it might be a case where um, that happens sooner than we'd like it to, from a, a dream team or super coach perspective. But we can't know; we're we're only guessing.
0: Yeah. And and on top of that, we've also got premiership players in Butler and Gray and playing VFL at the moment, yep. and we've got guys like Short, Koch and um, Grig, all due back in a short period within of time. Within the next month, know, within yeah. the four to five weeks. Like, so I mean. <laughs> best of luck.
2: Yeah, it is really a guessing game. It's um the other, the only other rookie I did want to mention, mm. is, or um or Cash Cow, more accurately, um just before we quickly move yeah. on from that is one that we did talk about um at some length last week, and that's um and and I do want to ask you, Rids, for those that didn't take the the strategy we spoke about last week of a gone down or or a Grundy even down to uh, a Riley O'Brien type mm. who's now coming in with a a big negative break even in. Uh, Dream Team and Supercoach especially, is it still an option to do that this week?
0: No. Why is that? Because Proust is out. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you've got to weigh up your risk against the reward. So if you've missed that initial whatever money,
1: $70,000,
0: $80,000, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. okay, Gorn's suddenly going to be the first ruck against Richmond, where he's gone 140 the last two times across all the formats. You just can't take that risk because points are just so valuable at the moment. Mm. So, Mm. um, whereas last week it was Gorn versus and Proust being in the same team. Mm. Like, I just wouldn't make that trade this week. That's all.
2: Yeah. No, no. I tend to agree. It was a loaded question. (laughs) Just (laughs) trying to see (laughs) if you could start. No, no, no. Um, no, and, and, and I'd argue similar with Grundy too. Um, coming yeah. up against Essendon this week um, and the way Collingwood play compared to the way Essendon play. Um, sure. Yeah, I think Grundy's one of the best vice-captain options this week too, just quietly. Yeah, we got a couple of really nice ones before we hit
1: Friday night, mm. that is for sure, across all of your formats through there. And, and of course, then there's the cash cows and, and Jimmy's already spoken about one that have already gone up in value that coaches are really going to be considering again this week is Miss Marty Hoare at under, you know, 250,000 in um, Dream Team. Still under... Uh, um, 200,000 I believe in supercoach but not far off it and then I think he's almost 300,000 in AFL fantasy even with that break even it's probably a little bit too far gone there it's another dilemma that coaches have to ponder is do you kind of ride that break even for an extra week two three or do you get the guys that are on the bubble right now that'll be something uh, that
0: you will have to deal with MJ we're going to have to talk about Burgess aren't we?
1: Sure okay fine and then we'll talk premiums go <laughs> talk to me
0: about Burgess but I'm seeing stupid people out there at the moment, okay? That are Just say what mistake. you really think, mate. <laughs> well, the problem that I have with this, okay, is people forget, Nick, last week, you know what I mean? Like the week before when they wanted to get the best rookie they could and suddenly Burgess with his DPP... Was so useful, and mm. I saw millions of comments, okay, across social media and everything. Oh, Burgess isn't really a scorer, but the thing is, he's so flexible with his DPP that I can swing him forward and back and bring in the rookie that I want all the time. Yada yada yada. There's suddenly like there was a few injuries and suspensions last week, and a couple of people have to play him on the ground. Yes, he's an ordinary scorer. We knew that before the season started. Yep. But why are you trading him this week for 40000 or whatever it's else? that You get a bank. It is not worth it. Cash in a Clark. Cash in a Dersma, Make that 150000 And then what you can do is start building a kitty to start upgrading. You are wasting trades by going sideways rookie to rookie with guys who should not be on your field.
1: Like that, so that's that, yep. Yeah, that's fair enough. Rent done, not fair enough to. You talk about preparing to upgrade, and now is the time to start preparing to upgrade for us. Um, you, you've had now in Dream Team and Super Coach potentially after round six three price rises for you uh, for your teams Uh, in AFL Fantasy. You've had them continuing on since Round 1. It now starts to get to that point in the year where you should be looking to have generated the cash, got some cows coming through, whether it be through this week or next week. You should be looking at getting through some guys into your side, whether it be at a premium price, whether that's the right thing to do or not is another conversation, or some guys that are a little bit cheaper and offer you some value. Uh, so, Jimmy, who are mm. some guys over the next one, two, maybe three weeks? Again, every format has a different target. Yep. Um, and every person probably, depending on how they went into the year, maybe they went really mid-heavy or defensive-heavy. So going after a defensive premium, if they've already got four of them, it doesn't really matter to them. No. But who are some guys that this week and maybe the f- next fortnight after that, hmm. that coaches should be going as their primary upgrade targets at this stage right now.
2: Yeah, sure. I think um, one of the, the first and, and most obvious candidates is one that I think we all penciled down at the start of the year to be looking at it mm-hmm. about this time. And that was Josh Kelly. Yeah, um, He's not necessarily any cheaper than he was then either, sure. but we all looked at the fixture and thought, right, from here on in... How good is this kid going to be? Yeah, um, Swans this week and then it opens up. Exactly right. So I think um, from yeah, if you've got the opportunity to do that, I think he's one that uh, would be very firmly top of mind. I think uh, uh, across
1: all formats too, or
2: um, yeah, absolutely. Yep. He's, um you know if if anything, he's perhaps a little better in Supercoach than, mm. than in Dream Team. But um, the, you know, last year I think he was a, a top ten mid or thereabouts in in that format as well. So, yep. Yeah, and there's no reason to think he may not be this year either.
1: No, fair enough, too. Yeah, fair enough, too. What about for you, Rids? Who
2: are some guys that,
1: and again, I'll get some more from Jimmy in just a moment, but some guys that we should be looking at and going, yeah, you're ready to pounce on. Um, who are some guys that we should be looking at this week? Uh,
0: this week or, so this week, in okay, case specifically, I've got Jack Crisp on the top of my list.
1: Okay, is that for any specific format or all of them?
0: Well, it doesn't matter. He's okay. cheap everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other guy I've got is for in two weeks' time, and that's Robbie Gray for Supercoach, mm, who's nice. going to be about 400000 Yep. Oh, very nice.
1: Yeah, you'll take that to that's the bank.
0: I, just... uh, I think Buddy's getting very cheap, and I think Heath he Shaw's getting cheap too. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? They are indeed. So, so, I mean, at the end of the day, Kay, how much is it going to cost to go Scrimshaw to Whitfield?
1: Oh, depending on the format,
0: like Let's three us $400? call it Dream Team. Okay. Sure. So Scrimshaw is three hundred and seventy thousand. Okay. And what's Whitfield? Whitfield's eight twenty six. It's so let's, let's it's about four hundred
1: plus in every format pretty much. Four fifty
0: thousand, okay? Yeah, it's Jeez, only gonna cost you a hundred and eighty thousand to get in a shore, okay, from Scrimshaw, and it's gonna cost you two hundred thousand or so, two hundred and twenty to go. Dersma to Crisp.
1: So so before we, we, we go on with that, because I understand what you're doing, but let's talk through the process of what's the scoring gap between, say, a Crisp and a Whitfield from now for the rest of the year.
0: Nah, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. Good. You're doing it wrong. So we've got two upgrades for the same amount of money. Yes, we do. So it's Whitfield and Dersma against Crisp and Shaw. Correct. Okay. And people have to start thinking through that because what that does, okay, is it means that later on down the track, when you need to get to a Whitfield, you can go again from a Smith or a Handley or a Williams or whoever you want to get to Whitfield, okay, which again is 200,000. But we're talking about short term. Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, how much has it hurt people having Clark on the field the last couple of weeks? Massive. We're talking about a thirty-three and a forty-four or something in Dream Team, okay? So having him on field with Whitfield going one hundred and twenty then a hundred in comparison to say, you know, two eighties. Yep. That's what we're looking at.
1: And, and and sometimes you're right. No, I, I'm sorry. I deliberately set you up there. So that, that's my bad. But but sometimes that's the logic we do, where we go the first top line response, which is, oh, there's this guy. There's this much gap. There's this much money. Therefore, I have to get this person. We don't think through the three or four other trade variables and three other four other plans that can come through. Not just that one one week.
0: Exactly, and that's we're, we're all we're all guilty of. It. Yeah, of course, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, we need to start really weighing it up because what we found this year, okay, is the top liners in all of the positions are not dropping as much as what we first initially thought. Mm. So guys like Whitfield and McRae and Gorn and Grundy and, like, who's the other one in the forward line? Bloody Boak. Yep. Right In Dream Team, let's look at Dream Team specifically, they're all 700-plus to 800, 820, 850. Okay, so trying to get a rookie that 's not named Walsh or Constable to them is almost going to cost you double what that rookie is mm. in price, and we 're not seeing a any cows coming through to downgrade to with the exception of the last couple of weeks okay um, and even then we 're not talking about good decent job security or anything like that we 're just grabbing anything that comes along. And then, I mean, how how do you get that three hundred, four hundred thousand on a downgrade when you're paying one hundred and eighty five thousand for Hakeem?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I'm fas- it just
0: doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, it is. So, so Jimmy, I, I'm mm-hmm. fascinated. Where what are we should be looking at then as coaches? Should we looking at these guys that are at big peak price right now? Mm. Should we be going? They're the best of the best. I need to get them, and this is the way to do it through the four hundred thousand cash generation. Yeah. Do we need to look at it? of going, like we've talked about, no, grab the the value now, hmm. and then in three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks' time, whatever it is, yep. use the other option to jump up. Uh, is it wrong to over... In, Over-invest feels like I'm loading the question for you. Is it <laughs> wrong to spend that $400,000 yeah. to go get that big dog now? Is that wasting money? Or is it better to go, as Rid's suggesting, or as hmm. suggesting
2: as an option, well, of the cheaper choice. Look, uh, it, it's a team balance question because, okay. as we said, we can't look at just one player versus one player. And if you're making two trades in a week, you need to look at both parts of that equation sure. to, to work it out. And and especially if if we use that example that Rid's put out before of um, yeah uh, Whitfield and and when we say Dershow versus Crisp and um, yeah Crisp. With the style of play that Collingwood have mm. um, and the way they like to chip it around at the moment, his ceiling is as good as Whitfield's comfortably. Absolutely. he c- He can score. He doesn't every week, but mm. he can. Essendon at the minute, uh, these last couple of weeks, have been trying to play that Richmond fast-paced, the ball forward, mm. or cost-style of football. And we saw what happened when Collingwood came up against that a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, they hold on to it. They chip it around. They play keepings off. Um, and so this week is m- more than any other. Mm. Um, I think would be a very strong chance that, that Chris will go at that sort of level. Yeah. Um, GWS playing Sydney, um, you yeah, know, He's sure it, yeah. You know, no reason he couldn't do the same. Yeah. So, from that perspective, yeah, you know, it, yes, there's a certain level of comfort in getting Whitfield and having him sit there. And, um, but gee, you're spending a lot of money to get him. Um, it it's is. A, it's a hard thing to, to go and do that right away. Um, and how much does that cripple you in terms of other movements? And what does that Correct. allow you to do or not allow you to do next week if yeah. you go spend your whole bank now On And that's plan.
0: exactly right. And mm. you've got to look at it a case. So, we're saying Whitfield's not going to average 120 this year so at some point he's going to come down okay so let's say if he averages 110 for the year and we think crisp is going to average 90 well that's only 20 points a week difference isn't it Mm. whereas you're paying 826,000 compared to 560 or 580 like there's a massive difference in price Yeah, yeah it's huge like you know, and we're talking anywhere up to 40 points, you know, some of these, like, scenarios. Like, mm. I just mentioned Robbie Gray before is going to be 400,000. Yeah, like, super Supercoach, it's buddy, insane. Yeah, 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 Supercoach, like, it's insane. Buddy's going to be close to that, mm. you know. And we're seeing it all over the shop, though. And, like, on top of this again, and I know that this is fraught with danger, okay, but Toby Green is still sitting there at 430,000 in Dream Team. I, I can't get my head around it because we're saying GWS has got this massively good draw, yet we're not looking at Shaw or Green or someone like that with this massively good draw coming up. No, it's very, very true.
1: So, so let me throw a couple of names out to you of guys yeah. that have, for one reason or another, um, not had the Scoring start to the year that coaches will have predicted, and maybe you're an owner of it and a little bit frustrated. The other side of it is for you is if you're a non-owner, they could be um, really enticing targets to you. We've talked about Robbie grain Super Coach, so I, I won't use his name there, but let's use another forward. Jimmy, you've mentioned him um, once or twice over the past couple of weeks, Lance Franklin. In any yeah. of the formats, boys, is, is Buddy a, a trade-in target over the next couple of weeks?
2: I think you have to look at him in Yeah, we, we know how good he can be in that sort of format. And you know, in, in you're showing glimpses of form in the last few weeks too. So he's... um, Yeah, and if he's sitting there as your F6 at the end of the year, that's mm. not terrible. Um, that Certainly. ceiling he's got can win you.
1: Yep. Uh, what about for you, Rids?
0: Which one? Buddy. Uh, yeah, he's got his 30s, but he's got his 130s. So... Yeah. I mean, he's always an option. He's not a terrible F six, is he? No,
1: gosh. If if that's your F six, but you're I mean, having right.
0: said that, like, I mean, the guy that I just said, Toby Green's just as worthwhile. Yeah, and that's mm.
1: yeah, exactly right. And cheap.
0: But again, with these sort of guys, you do need a decent F seven, don't you? Yeah, you need that coverage through there because they could be out at any time. Like, there's no drums about that. That's the risk reward you take, though. Mm. You know. But I mean, Toby Green could kick five goals and have ten tackles in any of the next. Five weeks of football, and score 130. I, I think Buddy's the same.
1: Yeah, no, it's fair enough too. Um, uh, let's go to the opposite end of the ground. Um, and someone again we've mentioned before, Rory Laird is. Yeah. He's, I don't. Jimmy he doesn't probably have the same ceiling, at mm. least appears to be from previous years. But is he still a viable trade-in option?
2: Um, he he is. The thing with him is, like you said, we've taken. Appears to be at least, yes. and it is only a few rounds of data that we're working yeah. off. Yeah, um, is that yeah, he he appears to have lost that ceiling, he's still likely to be in that upper bracket of defense options for mm. the year. Um, however, if he doesn't have that ceiling, and with the amount of people who do already own him, yeah, you know, his ownership percentage is very, very high. Um, I don't think that makes him a priority to trade in. Um, yeah. Adelaide's draw is good, and there's sure. every chance he could increase his scoring over the next month, but. He's a guy that I'd be prepared to take on at this time of year, yeah, yeah. given how many people do own him. I don't think it's the type of aggressive trade where if you're looking for value, um, I'd rather be looking at a, a crisper a crisp. ashore that uh, Rid's mentioned before. You're in a similar position there,
0: Ridley? No, I'm actually the other way. I'm okay. 100%. I think led's right for the in right now. Yeah. I know people are saying, okay, that... Um, he hasn't got the ceiling anymore, and he only doesn't look like a he only looks like a '90s player and stuff. He's averaging 95.8 in AFL fantasy and dream team, and he's playing terrible football. Yeah, I think he's what averaging 94 he well?
2: in SuperCoach. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And, what uh, happens when he starts playing well?
2: Oh, that's it. There is every chance that that could come back to bite. But um, yeah, just on the as I said, a very short uh, data sizing so far. Um, you're saying you're happy to take just him on because based of on the his ownership, ownership is gotcha. the reason I want to take him on, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Me. Whereas I'm saying jump on him because mm. he's the one guy that could hurt you in a matter of a month, yep. like yep. no other.
3: Yeah. 100%. So that
0: ownership is over 30, percent which is my cutoff point.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So when it gets over 30, percent and if you're priced, if your dollars wise are looking good and cheap and value, and you're averaging a lot, oh, it's time to jump on if you've got a good draw.
1: Yep. Fair enough too. Mm. Um, A couple other names I'd like to throw out before we uh, head over to some of our Patreon questions. Uh, Clayton Oliver. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that a little bit of a quieter start to the year than coaches that have jumped on him? I mean, super Coach he's averaging 100 still, mm. so it's certainly nothing to bat any eyelids about. It's no. nowhere near what coaches were probably expecting, a 110 average for the year. Um, I, I think it's a very similar average in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team with a 101 through there. So not having a shocker, yeah. but certainly a little bit under what coaches might have been hoping for.
2: Mm. Is he worth going after now? H- how do you think... Um a potential Viney absence might help or hurt him. Uh, are you asking me or are you asking a hypothetical <laughs> question? Oh, either or either. Have you got a thought on that you could share?
0: Uh, I actually think Oliver's been pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been tagged by, what was it, um, Hewitt two weeks ago still on the weekend. Mm. I mean, he didn't have a great start against Port Adelaide. He did show that he's still got ceiling against Geelong in round two, especially in Supercoach. Yeah. And he's got a run off Richmond, Hawthorne, Gold Coast coming up. So I see think, someone to target then. I'm a fan. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just don't... I just think people's expectations need to just be checked a little bit. I mean, we saw on the weekend, okay, Paddy Cripps had nearly 40 disposals and only scored 100 in Supercoach. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens, you know? Like, some players... Yeah. But with Clayton Oliver, the team's not winning. That's the main point. Mm-hmm. If they start winning and get the ball to him a little bit more than what they have, this this kid's like, he's already averaging 100 in Supercoach and not far off that in Dream Team, in AFL Fantasy. So, yeah, like, I still think this guy's got 110, 115 written all over him.
2: Yeah, uh, I've got him in, in Supercoach. I'm very happy to, to have him there. Just quite, Yeah, all right. Yeah. Fair
1: enough, too. I like that there. And then, then one last one I might throw out again. Um, Alex Witherden will throw out. Uh, as a name, he's, he's not averaging anything shocking. I, I think a super coach. It's uh, just a touch um, uh, on ninety uh, rolling through there. Pretty similar uh, in AFL fantasy and Dream Team ninety two, I think it is. So they're not shocking, but it's also not the overhyped projections that probably people were expecting in the preseason of ninety five and a hundred. Are we just, Jimmy? Are we just guilty of? Overhyping in a kid. Yeah. Um. I know he's not probably in the greatest of form at the moment either. To be fair to him, mm-hmm. is that just the fantasy footy community hype? But the kid's probably going there and thereabouts, and you should be pretty happy if that's what you got.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think so. And I mean, he's not been completely awful either. Um. You know, over the run that he's had, he scored a couple of hundreds in that time. Sure. You know, uh, Ninety, I think, only a couple of weeks ago as well. So, is um. Yeah, he's running at a three-round average of 97 or so. That's not, in, in Dream Team at least, so that's not terrible by any stretch. Um, I think um, it was just he was overhyped by, by so many in the, the broader community that um, it was getting a little bit silly, and yep. that um, uh, perhaps overly optimistic expectation is a, uh, the, the real guilty party on that one. Um,
0: I, I think with Witherton, you've got to be more worried about how he's actually playing the game. So he, he seems to, for some reason, okay, he seems to have overrated his kicking so much that he tries to hit the hardest target he sees out of four options, mm. Mm. and it, it, he's just creating turnovers at the moment where he doesn't need to. He should be just hitting the f- easiest target. So I'd be, I wouldn't be worried about him at all from a fantasy perspective, no. but from a football perspective, I'd be thinking, geez, you don't want to turn it over and you know give away too many goals in losses. Too often, otherwise you may find yourself in the seconds.
3: No,
1: that's uh, that's very very well. The fair. Brisbane Lions, yeah.
0: okay. If you think about it, okay, they've still got guys like Cutler, and mm. there's a guy called Noah Ainsworth that's been playing half back. You know, so I mean, they've got a lot of options for so line. They've
2: got half a list of, of halfbacks, don't they? That's that's kind yeah. of their thing,
0: yeah. So I mean, it's just one of those things that mm. I mean, I'm not saying that the kid isn't like. He's just been making some terrible, terrible turnovers at costly times of games lately.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No? Um, I want to throw up a couple of no, unique yeah, options not? too just quickly uh, before we move on. If um, yeah, you, You're not running this for the minute, oh, MJ. Um, uh, Ridley, I want uh, some thoughts uh, on Daniel Rich while we're on the Lions. Is he an oh. option that you'd look at to trade in at some point? Uh, across uh, the forwards?
0: Geez, He's shown it in spurts mm. previously, hasn't he? So. Mm-hmm. Um, he's averaging well, roughly a hundred, um,
2: give or take, across the formats.
0: Yeah, so like, I don't think he's the number one tag target anymore at Brisbane either. I think Zorko yeah. and Neil are definitely the tag definitely. target. Yep, I agree. So, I yeah, at the moment, I'd say yes. He's he's looking pretty decent.
2: Yep. And uh, at the other end of the ground, um, I mentioned him uh, tongue in cheek earlier, but uh, Matty Taberna, would you consider him mm. in any format given his start to the season?
0: Uh, Who have they played, like...
1: I can give you the Fremantle fixture run through there. So they opened their account uh, from a Fremantle perspective against North Melbourne in Round 2. Fremantle played Gold Coast in Round 3. They played the Saints in Round 4. Fremantle played West Coast.
0: There's, like, if you take out Robbie Tarrant, who came from North Melbourne, who I think was injured or very injured early on Mm. um, and was playing under Dunn. Mm There's no backs there.
1: No. Well, let me give you the next couple of weeks for Fremantle to help you. This week, it's the Western Bulldogs. The week following, and no backs. they've got the Adelaide
0: Crows. That would worry me with Talia. Uh,
1: they've got Richmond uh, the following week.
0: That would worry me with Asprey and Grimes.
1: They have Essendon.
0: That would worry me with Hurley and Hooker. Uh, but am I answering your question?
2: You are indeed. All right, there we go.
1: Uh, you've hijacked this uh, enough. Time to get some to some Patreon questions. If you want to join the Patreon, help support the Coaches Panel, you can do that at any amount that you want to be a part of it. And there's some great exclusive content, rewards, uh, and plenty of stuff to get involved at patreon.com forward slash Coaches Panel. They have got some questions in. Uh, Sarah has a question, uh, and she wants to know uh, – we'll throw it over to you, uh, Rids. Uh, it's an AFL fantasy question um, – They've got six hundred k to spend. Wow! They, in terms of what they can absolutely get, a player up to six hundred thousand, not six hundred thousand in the kitty. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, DPP movement allows them to go and get anyone in any line. Is there anyone under six hundred thousand that they should consider trading in? I'll I'll give you some thinking time and just share guys that are under six hundred thousand. The top ten scorers. Sam Walsh, Tom Liberatore, Zach Jones, Jack Bowes—gosh, he's been good. Uh, Jack Nunes, the Warpedo, Michael Walters, Jamie McMillan, um, and Nick Newman are among the top scoring guys that are under six hundred thousand. Then you've got Tom Lynch, Papley, McLuggage, Sam Sotraski. So like, we could keep going all day. Is there anyone under yep. six hundred thousand in yep. AFL Fantasy? You could tell Sarah is a good trade-in target this week.
0: This week, um. Well, I like Nick Newman. Mm. He's averaging like 90, isn't he?
1: He's struggling along just all right, his young
0: Nicholas. Yeah, so, and I mean, he's getting more and more um, used to that Carlton makeup in the back line. I just wish they'd use him a little bit more. Like, Mm. for some reason, like, these old farts like Daisy Thomas and bloody Cade Simpson seem to want to get hold of the ball and just run and bomb it. Like... It'd just be a little bit smarter if they give it to someone who can actually kick it and make a decision. So, yeah, no, yeah, Newman would be the guy out of that list. I would, like I mentioned him earlier, I don't think there's anything calm jumping on Heath Shaw after this week either. Yeah. I just like, we know he goes on runs, MJ. we oh, ever. We, we, we know ever. that that GWS run, I know you love telling us draws, Tell us the next five or six weeks of GW. Oh, you just
1: love it when I get on the runs, don't you? Actually, that sounds horrible, doesn't it, when you put it like that? Uh, No, you said
0: get on the
1: runs. You didn't say have the (laughs) runs. That's true. They've got Sydney this week, but we do have audio of you saying that, so that will turn into something great for us. Uh, After they've got Sydney this week, it goes to St Kilda. Uh, Then they have Hawthorne in round eight. In round nine, they have Carlton Round 10, they have Melbourne. Round 11, they have Gold Coast. And then before they're by, they have the Adelaide Crows.
0: It's not a bad run, is it? It's not bad. Hmm. Mm.
1: It's not a bad fixture coming up, that's for sure. All right, uh, question for you. Uh, Jimmy, an AFL fantasy question. Mark wants to know, he's looking at bringing a couple of cash cows into his side, both that are to sit on the bench. Uh, he's looking at the options. He's looking at two between Hately Ross and Hayes in AFL Fantasy safe to say Hayes is is probably the easy in yep. of those kind of guys is it then with Haitley um, and also the other player he suggested there in Ross or is there another player he should be considering when you kind of look at the break evens through there or are they the right guys to target
2: um, yeah, well, look, we spoke in depth about rookies uh, earlier. Um, uh, you would probably get his answer out of that if he went back and uh, had a good listen there. But um, look, I'm a I'm a fan of Hately If he's going to rookies, why not load up?
1: A little bit expensive though in fantasy. Two seventy odd. He is. He okay. is. But they all are. Oh, and that's- we could get lockout at seventy k cheaper. Oh, he could. No, I'm just, 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 just trying to help you <laughs> yeah. out, Mark. That's yeah, but right. don't
0: forget, MJ, that there's no formula for AFL fantasy. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what price they are, they're all going to be like negative break-evens and obtainable break-evens for the rest of their life.
3: Yeah, well, fair enough,
1: too. Uh, Nathan Ayers wants to know, it's a fantasy and dream team question, Rids. Um, his question's more about, is it too early to go on rookies such as a Scott and a Clark? Um, is it... Is there still money to make out of those guys or is it nah time to move them on?
0: No, see so the difference between this is why it does my head in the okay? case. So the difference between Clark and Scott is the price tag yeah. that they're at. So Scott only needs a score of sixty to be in a negative break evens again, or fifty or whatever. Mm. Clark is actually when you downgrade Clark, you're banking a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand for it.
3: Yeah. You yeah.
0: know? So, I mean, that's the smart option. Like, yes, there's money to be still made from Clark, but the thing is he's getting to the point in time where those drips and drabs are coming in and he's only going 40s, and there's every chance he gets dropped this week for a rest with Jack Tui coming back.
3: Mm. Yeah, very so, true.
0: I mean, I just, think Zach, I just think Clark is the obvious out this week, mainly because of that.
1: Yeah, and the fact that we've got history over the past, you know, week or so of their coaching staff prepared to look after young kids and manage their workload to get them through the season, which we saw and with on top of
0: that, How many times do we have to see a whore come in and score a ninety or a Gibbons on the weekend score a ninety or a hundred? You know, mm. and that changes everything. Like yeah. these guys are one good game away, a hundred thousand dollars.
1: No, it's very, very true and fair enough. coach question for you, Jimmy from Johnny wants to know, is it too late to bring Sam Walsh in? His break even tells you he's still got plenty of cash to make. Yep. But is, is the boat just too far gone now if you don't own him?
2: No, look, I mentioned it last week as well. Um, yeah, with the, the price he was at and the scores he was getting and the break-even he had, um, there was still some decent money to make. The thing that we've got to look at him now, um, what's his price now? MJ? Well,
1: in Supercoach, it's 409400 with a break-even of
2: three. Yeah, so there's still some money there, but he's going to need to keep scoring those premium-level scores to be able to make that money. The other thing, too, now is at $400,000, 1000 you have got to compare him to other options at a similar price tag, um, mm. and think about whether they're going to be able to deliver better scores as well. Because I think at, at that sort of level, you're not just looking at the the money they can make, but about how well they're going to be scoring for you on sure. field. Because you're not parking that on your bench on any given week. No. So nah. And the um, other
0: thing is, how are you getting him in? Yeah,
2: yeah. Is yeah. it from when a, a premium? Out to get, yeah.
0: Yeah. Are you paying an extra two hundred thousand on top of like, Gibbons to get to him, mm. or? Like you know, that's it. That's a, that's a trade gone then.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's it. So I'm not saying that getting Walsh is absolutely the wrong move, but I'm leaning a lot closer to that than the right one. Yeah, sure. It,
1: All right, fair enough. AFL fantasy question for you, Rids. Last couple before we wrap up this episode. A lot of AFL fantasy questions today. Get into it, Supercoach Patreons. Uh, is which cash cow should be targeted as the trade out option? And he's listed five, Dursmer. Butters, Scrimshaw, Clark, or Parker. Of those five, give me maybe the top two trade-out targets.
0: Well, can we just take Scrimshaw out? I don't even know why he's included in there.
1: Right. Why is that?
0: Well, because he's going okay. Yeah. So why would you trade out Scrimshaw? Like, what's his break even? Like
1: In AFL fantasy? Yeah. Well, I was about to say that. Seeing as though that's the format that we're talking about, I might as actually well give you the advice for that. Uh, The break even in AFL fantasy is twenty six, and he's priced at three hundred and
0: seventy one thousand. Yeah. So he's got he's got another, and he's got Carlton this week. I don't even know why you're thinking about Scrimshaw this week. So Clark's the number one option at this point in time, Mm. and then just toss a coin between the Port Adelaide guys. But I. Like, I mean, again, I'm I'm trading out Durzma and Rosie this week in, for AFL Fantasy. So, and is it
1: because that gets you to the players that you want or you just feel yeah, yeah, it's about it time? Yeah, I'm
0: Dusty and Hayes. Yeah, right. So I just like that. I just like that combo. Yeah.
1: That feels right. I like it. I like well,
0: it. Yeah, on any given week, I think Dusty scores just as much as the other two that I'm trading out, so... Hmm
1: yeah right, fair enough too hey that wraps up uh, all of the Patreon questions a lot of them are cash cow related so um, the good news is you can always go back recheck out the very start of that podcast where we were talking about identifying the right ones getting the right times looking at those guys to kind of help you out and get you through there as we kind of wrap up the episode um, we kind of got the last real question that we've got uh, is from Stephen he wants to know about a vice captaincy loophole option this week for AFL fantasy that is Richmond take on Melbourne and Essendon take on Collingwood. For Coach for Dream Team, every week you get the opportunity to have two bites at the Cherry as the captains, whereas for AFL Fantasy, it's one of our last couple of weeks we get this. Um, this is in fact the last week we get it up until really the multi-buy rounds. So, Richmond take on Melbourne, Essendon take on Collingwood. Knowing that matchup's Jimmy, is there a player or two players we could look at to go... Look, that's a, a pretty good vice-captain option for us through there. Um, yeah, Gorn
2: and Grundy. Pretty easy. Yeah, would be the first two. And if, uh, for whatever reason, you don't have either of those, then a
0: Collingwood midfielder.
2: Okay. All right, what about or for you? Or
0: Melbourne midfielder. Richmond are leaking points. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't point. like
2: picking a captain against Richmond, though. It's okay, just, so uh, there's that's, a That's the just a personal thing for me.
0: But, uh, <laughs> so, because they're the first game, you're only picking a vice-captain. Yeah,
2: that's true. That's yeah. Can,
1: so, uh, would you so choose a really Brayshaw or... Over and Oliver, again, different formats, would choose different strategies through there, I assume.
0: I don't think there's many teams with both. Yeah. No, there wouldn't be many teams with both those guys.
1: (laughs) No, you've probably got one of them in one format and the other in the other format, and fair enough, too.
0: Hey, Rids, appreciate your work on the episode. Can I just say, well yes. done, AFL Fantasy, on those positions. Yeah, they were
1: well. ripper, weren't they? They did really well.
0: Uh, with the exception of Zach Clark, which I don't understand at all, how he gets a forward position. For but, two games, yeah. Well, two games, and he's played just as much ruck as like what Bell Chambers has, which means Bell Chambers played just as much forward anyway. Yeah, but true. anyways, with the exception of him, hmm. they've absolutely nailed those positions. Yep, I well wish. Um, I hope you um, ultimate. Fantasy League and everything else have a little bit of ellipsy as well.
1: Well, Ultimate Footy have a new round of DPPs. They will land uh, next week. We'll have an article later this week at coachespanel.tv as uh, we I speculate called? some of them.
0: Ultimate Fantasy, that sounds like a that's, porno, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, yeah, it's something that we're not going to be doing on the Coaches Panel, that is for sure. Hey, Jimmy, I uh, appreciate your work on the episode, mate.
2: Easy, mate, anytime.
1: Uh that's how we're going to end the episode. Enjoy your week. Enjoy round six, everybody. We'll chat to you soon.